rising good afternoon good evening everybody um wherever you are on the plane of this beautiful earth whatever dimension you're in thank you for tuning into our frequency into our vibration um we're really um looking forward to today's conversation and i hope it's going to be soul food for many of you as much as it will be for us uh, before I begin, I just want to thank, obviously, Pete, Robin, Kennedy for filling in for me last week while I was away. Um, I can safely say we had a safe journey. We traveled well. Um, everything went smooth. Um, we arrived in Portugal. I'll fill you in maybe when it's a bit more appropriate. Once we've got things on the ground set up, I'll let you all know where we're at and what we're doing. Um, so we'll put that on a coat hook for now and uh, I'm keen to sort of carry on from where we left off maybe last week uh, you know Pete Robin Kennedy you guys really really lit the house on fire um, with the uh, subjects and topics you were talking about and teaching and exploring so I was really inspired by a lot of what you're saying um, it almost felt like um, a lot of what you were talking about was really centered at me because there are a lot of things that I was trying to, um, uh, for lack of a better word, deal with within my own life um, that were very closely related to the topics you were talking about. So I'm glad that you picked them up. And, uh, and the biggest one for me was um, energy, you know, um, how 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 powerful or how the matrix uses certain energy fields to influence us in certain ways. They're almost like traps. Uh, I think someone mentioned it last week that there are all these trap doors within the matrix. So even as we are awakening, there are certain doors that we can easily open and fall into. Um, there's a trap for everyone. So this journey of awakening and as we're trying to find our way through this maze, um, We've got to be very conscious and self-aware of the energies around us, within us. Oh, a werewolf. A werewolf. Hello, could you please yes. mute your mic? Copy. Cheers, thank you. Um, yeah, we've got to be very aware about how these energies that we um, surround ourselves with impact and affect us. And, um, you know, a big one was sexual energy, like you were talking about. You know, sexual energy is associated with money, it's associated with power, it's associated with all these things. And it's one of these taboo topics that uh, are very difficult to talk about. Um, you know, in all aspects, in religion, in cultures, in our families, you know, this idea of talking about, uh, about sex or sexual energy, what that is. I think it's just the, in, the Indians. The, the Indians are, are a little bit more open about it. Um, they teach about tantric sex, like you're saying. They teach about um, how to harness that energy and, and what it is. But generally in the West, even within the spiritual community, the awakening community, 
there are not many people who are brave enough to talk about it and explore that side of things um, um, bravely and, and candidly and openly as well. So it was fascinating how you guys handle that situation and how you explore those topics. And I'm really, really glad that you got that out there because I think a lot of people needed to hear what you were talking about and how to deal with that. And it's not so much about resisting and fighting, but recognizing and being able to, uh, to manage those programs. And that's what it is. You know, we're all in a game, like we've been saying. And with, within this game, all these programs are scripts um, that alter our game mode as we, as we go through it. And it's not about maybe ditching the games completely. It's about managing those games, becoming self-aware, becoming the boy that was Pinocchio. And you do that by being able to detach yourself from the emotions of what's happening around you and uh, becoming a third person, coming out of that paradigm and observing what is going on and taking control, once again, of your situation. So it's fascinating. So I just want to, before I get too lost in that, I just want to say thank you guys for your show last week, Pete. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I know Robin and I, I mean, we were privileged to be able to kind of, you know, take part in that for you last week. And, you know, obviously all of us, you know, wished you well and your family well during your travels. And it sounds like everything worked out. And so, yeah, I'm excited to get this week going and, and build on what we were discussing last week. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, to move on from where we were last week, I think uh, a natural progression is I really want to talk about hypnosis and uh, spells uh, and how that is related to our current paradigm, where we are, this conscious awakening, what's happening in the world, um, you know, how it's happening. Maybe explore that in a little bit more detail. I think you spoke about this a little bit as well, Pete, when you talked about the algors and the algorithms. I think it's sort of dovetailing into, into the same sort of concept of hypnosis and, and spells and programs and, and all these things. So maybe let's look at it from a different perspective this week um, and, uh, and see where that takes us. Um, yeah. So um, from a personal experience, it's really interesting. As, as you all know, I've been traveling over the last uh, three weeks, uh, well, two weeks really, from, um, from England and driving into Portugal uh, drove up into Spain, down into Portugal, back up into Spain. We'll be going back to Portugal. And it's, easy, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, when, when you fly somewhere and you go somewhere on holiday, um, you're, you're in a certain mind frame. So you don't experience um, the energy of a place in the same way as you do if maybe you're on the ground. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to what I'm saying. You know, we'll go on holiday, we go to holiday resorts and you're in that space and you pick up the energies of that space and you don't really get a feel for the change in dimension. And I can safely say, you know, driving and going through different cities, different countries on the road and speaking to certain people, especially in this current state of awareness, I can certainly say for the first time in my life, I could feel the change in vibration within every city and every country that you were literally driving through. And I mean, it was really, 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 really obvious. 
I remember saying to my wife, like, you know, and, and she felt it as well. My wife is even more sensitive to energies than I am. Really, really sensitive to energies. So her hearing would change. She would get headaches in certain places. Um, you know, her eyes, she'd be like, oh, you know, the sun's too bright or this is, she could literally feel those changes as she was going. And I found that really, really fascinating that, uh, that we're getting to the point now where uh, many of us are becoming sensitive to these energies. But it got me thinking and I thought to myself, isn't it amazing how, you know, energy is literally clustered within within this within this matrix you know you you cross over from one border into an i mean the biggest one was when you crossed over from spain into portugal we literally all felt this vibrational shift as we're driving across this line in the road literally a line in the road and we thought this is this is bizarre this is bizarre and and gabby my wife said yeah did you feel that as well and i said yeah i did and it's amazing how that change is so so tangible now really really tangible and of course, we've been going to different places up in the mountains, the sea, and, and most of you know that these places have different energies, but these energies are a lot more amplified. So I really wanted to share that with you guys. And uh, we might not be able to talk about it today, but it is certainly something I think is worth exploring in the future. You know, we've talked about portals before, opening portals. We've talked about grids and ley lines on the earth and places have certain energies. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to experience that firsthand on the ground um, in this mode that we're in. It was also interesting to see the different programs in terms of cultures. You know, we, we, we've been observing from a distance all the different cultures. You know, you speak to different people from different cities, from different countries, and you observe their cultures and you see how their programs differ from one another. And you see how the hypnosis is different and it's so so obvious now that uh, you know there's this layer i'll call it a layer an overlay that robin likes to talk about an overlay um, within the matrix where people are in a trance almost um and it's funny because we we also went to watch a football game you know my son really loves football and uh you know we we thought well you know we'll treat him we went to watch this football game and um, it was interesting while we were there, you know, me and Gabby sat in the crowd and we were just, you know, it's been a while since we've been in that environment. We hardly go to, to places that have crowds. I mean, we've recently went to a shopping center. We went to the football stadium. So it was a new experience that we hadn't done for quite a while. So the energy was palpable once again. But in the stadium, I mean, I cannot express to you guys just how alienating it was. We really felt like we were Martians, aliens from a different dimension, from a different realm. We felt, it, it felt weird. And we were smiling at one another, myself and Gabby. We kept looking at each other, looking at the crowd. We were watching the crowd more than watching the football. And it was just interesting observing everyone from an outside perspective and saying, these people, what, what are they doing? They're all over here. They're all eating the same thing. They're all wearing these jerseys, which we were wearing as well. It was just weird, weird being there, being in that space and observing that and seeing how that program was running, how they all cheer at the same time, how they all boo at the same time, how they're all having discussions about what's happening on the pitch. You know, there are these people on the, you know, at the, at the bottom of this field who are kicking this ball. And it was just so bizarre to experience that. 
and to see that from an outside perspective. And it was so obvious how everyone was so hypnotized by the stars that were on the pitch. You know, we talk about how we're all stars. You know, those footballers, we call them football stars for a, for, for a reason. You know, athletes are called stars for a reason because they're shining on their stage, right? Those people are shining on their stage. So it was interesting to see that correlation, how those, sh- those stars were shining at the bottom and all the other dimmer stars in the stands were, 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 were following that energy of those stars on the pitch and the emotions that were being carried. You know, they miss a chance and everyone, you know, you feel the emotion. Everyone, everyone feels the same thing. Everyone feels the same disappointment. And then it got me thinking about um, energy harvesting. Then it got me thinking about energy harvesting, how, you know, people have talked about how they use churches and stadiums to harvest the energy of people. And I really could see how they could do that. If everything is sound and frequency and vibration, there's a reason why these amphitheaters were created. Um, and I think they are certainly harvesting information. So anyway, I thought I'd share that before, um, uh, yeah. As, 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 as a prelude to our show and, and just get things going. Um, is there anything you want to add on, um, Pete? No, I, I just, I mean, I, it's, it's very interesting that you, you picked up on that. You acknowledge that. It's something I've talked to um, you know, a lot of people about, especially my nieces and nephews. I'm a huge advocate for freeing yourself from the environment for which you grew up that helps shape your behavior, shapes your, your perception of the world. For a lot of the reasons that I mentioned last week, um, I think, you know, this idea of the algorithms, the algorithms, these amplification of, of, of thought patterns, you know, when you grow up in an environment and you become, you know, attuned to that frequency and that vibrational thought, you might have these misperceptions of your own, you know, identity, your own, you know, inner self that it's not until you free yourself from that environment that you start to recognize that there's, there's other aspects of you that you might be interested in that, you know, before you kind of you know, perceived as, oh, no, that's, that's not me. And, and, you know, so what you picked up on going into a new environment, you know, you're basically like entering a new, new pool, if you will, where everybody's all kind of bobbing up and down, keeping that, that, that same wave going. And now you come in, trying to, to, you know, make a new wave, a new pattern. And it's, it's, it's odd. It's a little different. It's hard to do the more and more people that are, are already tuned into that other wave. Um, and, and it can be a little kind of shocking and, you know, uncomfortable at first. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's right in line with everything we've discussed, everything about, you know, what, again, particle physics, quantum mechanics that they're, they're suggesting with, uh, you know, these wave theories and, it's, it's a real thing that and the more you know, of us start to become aware of it, I, I think the more that we can change this for the better as we start to change our own thought patterns. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Pete, you're right. But, but you, know what, you know what was interesting about it? The, the interesting thing about it was, I mean, for the first time, um, there wasn't a negative um, connotation or attachment to what we were experiencing it was very much an outer body experience, um, but not in the way that you're thinking. It was an outer body experience as if we were experiencing it from a third person perspective. Like I said, it felt like we were aliens, like we had just entered this, this world. 
and we were sitting and thinking, what are these people doing? Why are they doing this? This makes no sense. All these people are all over. What, what is this? Why would you do this? But it wasn't in a negative way. It was in a, or an amused way. Like, this is really funny. This is amusing. This is really strange. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the only way I can put it. But it also got us into a frame of mind. I remember like even afterwards, I was thinking to myself, you know, like, it's weird. Even me having a body, what is this? This body, I've got hands, I've got these body parts and these body parts do these things. And I found myself being more reflective than I've ever been because I'd been in that situation. So that was, uh, it was an interesting perspective. Of course, I've been in that situation before where I've been in a place and gone, this is weird. What, why are these people doing this? But this time it was different because I think of the space we're in. And I think it's, it's, it's got to do with, you know, over the last few weeks or last few months, really, um, we've protected our energy. We've almost been in a shell, in a cocoon. You know, we've been living in our, in our, in our van traveling. We've limited who we see, where we are, what energies we're around. We've stayed away from cities. We stayed away from, you know, places where there's crowds. So we almost like left that realm completely. And we'd almost started to forget what it's like to be within that energy field. So coming back into it, you know, with where we are and how we've now progressed, uh, certainly for me, you know, through these hangouts that we've been doing, my energy has become way more amplified because of the people that I've got around me now. The people that I've got around me are feeding positive energy um, and um, I'm vibrating at a, at a very, um, at a, in a, within a good sine wave. Uh, let's put it that way. So it was interesting to go back into that world and observe it and experience it. It almost felt like I was now in a video game within the video game. Being in that football stadium felt like I was now in another video game. I was inserted into another program. So it was just, it was just really interesting. And I wanted to share that and, uh, and just see what you guys think about that because it was fascinating. And I, I, I don't know if I'm expressing it the right way. I can't really put it into words, but hopefully you guys can understand what I'm saying. Hey, Martin. I wanted to jump in. I just got on the, the show, but I was listening to a bit of what you were saying there. Like, yeah, definitely. I think you did a good job of lying, laying it out. Um, and it was just had me thinking about something that I've often thought about, the idea that assembling assembling of um, human energy is, is an important part of the way this matrix um, overlay or like you had said earlier with the cloaking, I like that, it's given me a really good visual um, to attach to, um, operates out of to kind of keep us sort of locked in. And I've thought about that like with stadiums like you're talking about, but also like with churches and also um, educational places like you know 12 years in the school system and then going another four in university like it these these are places of assembling you know to kind of capture and if you think about it from church to stadiums to school let's just talk about those three major centers of assembling within this matrix it all carries a fear it's a fear structure that goes along with it. There is um, a lot of anxiety, right? High anxiety, um, resentment. And generally, 
um, in church, people think, oh, it's positive. But it's a lot of fear in there. You know, if you don't pay your tithes a certain kind of way, you know, you won't get in heaven. If you, you know, if you um, don't do this right or don't do that right, you know, so it's this idea of you're coming, you're assembling in a church structure, but there's a lot of fear and control that people are sitting there in the pews thinking, well, I didn't do that right last night. And I, before I came in here, I did this and, you know, I'm going to be, you know, hell's fire and damnation. And in stadiums, you think about the fact that, you know, it's like, it's, it's rivalry, you know, it's like my team against your team. So it's immediate uh, competition and combat. And, you know, and they set the stadiums up. So one side is on one side of the field and the other opposite team is on the opposite side. So you can see your, you know, your opposer, you know, <laughs> and all of the, uh, the, the gear that you wear, you know, I mean, like all of that is, it sets that energy up that's just resonating up out of that amphitheater. And even in schools, you know, you're made to feel like certain subjects you just won't ever get. They're just kind of tough, you know, and you got to be pretty smart to get them. And then, you know, it's this fear of I'm not going to do well on my test or I'm not going to be the smartest or I'm, you know, and it's all these structures just house energy. So, and, and I feel like it funnels the energy back into this matrix structure that whatever is ruling this this sort of system is feeding from it but um and when you were talking i was thinking you know how the tv like even people who are on tv land you're not exempt from it because you're sitting there in your living rooms and you're shouting you're hollering at that um t television that's harvesting you already know these things are two-way, right? So it's harvesting all of this energy from every household across the world that's screaming and shouting at their various, um, you know, um, football or, you know, or athletic clubs. And the same thing with churches. You got those mega churches that do their broadcasts, right? And so you're sitting there, you're not exempt. You didn't go to church, but if you happen to turn that show on, you're listening, you're like, oh God, I didn't tithe right now. Or I did do that last night. I was out at the bar and, you know, so it's harvesting all this information. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in um, kind of as I was, have been thinking about it. Yeah, really well put, Robin, really, really well put. And it's interesting, as, as you said that as well, something struck, struck a chord. Um, isn't it funny how whenever you leave these institutions, you're left feeling a certain way, not even just the institutions, whatever you feel after watching a certain program, you're moved. That's why they call it movies. Your energy is moved into a certain direction. Whenever you leave the football stadium, you're left feeling a certain way. If your team is won or your team lost or something happened, that vibration, you carry that vibration with you um, as you as as you leave that that space. So it's it's interesting to notice that that uh, that movement of energy as it happens, there must be something to do with uh, what we want to talk about today, which is um, hypnosis. You know, the the whole world is under this spell. Those of us who are awakening now, we are seeing things in a different way. We are observing and perceiving reality completely different to everybody else and you can literally see the spell you know you speak to someone about something and they think you're absolutely crazy you're mad you're you're insane to them what you're saying makes zero sense and you're looking at them and saying no you're the one who's insane what you believe makes zero sense and you're both absolutely convinced that it's the other way around 
Now, <laughs> now, of course, those of us who are within this space, um, um, I would like to think, I'm not being arrogant, but I'd like to think that we are the ones who are seeing this reality for what it is. But it's interesting to observe that these people on the other side, these beings who believe this, are under this strong hypnotic spell or cloaking that they, they genuinely, truly believe in whatever it is they've been hypnotized to believe. They're under a spell. And sometimes you see them glitching. When you mention certain things and you put logic and, you, and the penny drops, you literally see them glitching. And they'll say something silly or they'll behave in an irrational way. And you see it. It's so visible. It's unmistakable. I used to call it the, the fluoride look. They give you this blank stare. And then they quickly change the subject or they dismiss you or they insult you or whatever. But you see that glitch happening. And that glitch has always fascinated me. That fluoride stare, that, oh, what just happened there? And then they snap back into the, into the hypnosis and, and off they go. So I really find that fascinating. And I really want to explore what that is, that, uh, that, that hypnosis, that spell. Um, I think a lot of people are intrigued by why some people are seeing things so clearly and why others aren't seeing them so clearly within the matrix. And I suppose another way of putting it is why are some waking up so rapidly and others aren't in relation to the matrix overlay that we've been talking about? I was going to jump in real quick here and just say something, then I'll let Pete, Pete jump in. But, you know, to your point just then, I had an experience as you're talking, I'm thinking, I just had an experience last week where I was talking with someone and they were like just constantly distorting, you know, the situation and the, and the reality. And so I'm just calmly keeping on bringing them back and every sort of thing that they said, I kind of brought it back to this one place, I didn't allow myself to get off of the major point of the conversation, right? So everything that they said, I just kind of brought it back around and asked questions. Well, does that make sense? Or why would it be like that? And I brought it back around. And I just sat there just calm as I could be. But it was amazing how, as it kept on, as the conversation progressed, I could feel the energy on their end building, because everything that they said was bringing them back to the same point. <laughs> I was saying. So eventually, honestly, the person says they actually take their head and hold their head and shake it and said, you are hurting my mind. And then they literally got up and walked away, like just disassociated. And I wow. said, like, wow. So to your point about that whole idea of uh, people and, and responding to um, what we're talking about here, I just want to throw that in because I sat there like, whoa, like in my mind, I'm thinking, well, okay, what just happened? I'm thinking, well, what happened is that, you know, it's almost like you saw a breakdown of the hypnosis or the programming that that person kept on every little trigger, trigger, trigger. And it just really just, it's just almost all melt right in front of me, you know, the idea of that programming, but go ahead. Just throw that in. Yeah. I want to, if I could add to this, it was interesting, you know, Martin, you mentioned glitch. And something that I've experienced, and I actually had wanted to mention this previous episodes, and I just, I think I forgot by the time we started filming, but, or recording, but, uh, you know, so as people know, I, I drive for Uber, and there are times where I get, you know, into conversations with passengers, and something really interesting happens. It's almost as if they start to repeat everything that I'm saying to them, and, and 
as we go along, it's like they're catching up to where it's almost as if I'm speaking through them. It's, I don't know how else to explain it. It's very, very strange. And, I, you know, I'd be curious if, if Robin or Martin or anybody else here has had a similar experience with someone that you're talking to that is open to what you're saying, but then starts to, like, almost like they're trying to catch up and speak your words before you say them. And I'm like, did I just put them into a trance? Am I, am I in the midst of, of, of waking them up and triggering some sort of response internally? I mean, I have no way of, of following up with these people to see if, if anything's happened after the fact. But I, I always walk, you know, after I drop them off, drive away thinking like, what was that? What just happened? And so I just wanted to share that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, fantastic. Uh, what, what you've both said. Uh, it's interesting that you've just said that, Pete, because uh, I was having a conversation with a friend last night about, about exactly that. Um, you know, and we're in a very, very unique position, those of us who are, who are now awakening, you know, with great uh, knowledge, uh, comes great responsibility, you know, and I'm witnessing this within my life personally, where we're now getting to a space where, you know, we are manifesting magic instantly, instantly, because we're taking control of our games and we're taking control of our paradigms. We are literally becoming powerful beings. And that is so, 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 so true. And what you've just said has happened to me quite a few times um, with people, uh, with friends, with strangers, where you're speaking to them, exactly like you've said, and they agree with you and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you're saying, they, they almost, I've, I've been in that situation where I've said, am I putting this person under a trance now? Are they just agreeing with me because, because I've done something to them, because I'm putting these spells towards them? Because what tends to happen is straight afterwards, especially if they're friends and we're, we're together, straight afterwards, they go straight back into the programming. They go back to talking about matrix things that are pointless. And you think, did we not just have a conversation discussing this? And now you're talking about, you're back into that world of talking about meaningless, mundane nonsense. And I find that fascinating because, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're, you're right, um, Pete. Um, and it's difficult to explain. And I think there is something to do with, with the fact that once you become self-aware and you become a free being, and you're alive, you literally, your words, because your intentions and your words are now pure, they're not programmed, um, your resonance carries power, carries intense amount of power. And I think a lot of people um, are able to tap into that energy without even knowing that they're doing it. People like politicians, people like uh, pastors in churches, uh, people like um, um, actors, they have this ability to tap into that energy of hypnosis, of, of being able to do that. And I think those of us who are becoming awake, we're not only tapping into that energy, but we're in control of that energy. That energy is not being run by a program. That is even a lot more powerful. I was speaking to, again, to a friend last night, and I was, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about ex exactly this. And he brought me back to when I went on TV, on ITV, not the first time. The first time when I went in, I was so nervous. I was really scared. I, was, I didn't know what to expect. So I was not in control of that situation. Uh, I was definitely just there as an observer, and I was, I, was, I was not in control. I'll put it that way. When I went on the second time to debate the astrophysicist, I was in total control. I really felt like the boss of that studio. 
I felt like I owned everyone in there. You know, I spoke with conviction. I spoke with power. And it was palpable. It really was palpable. You know, and inside, I was almost laughing and saying, this is really funny. This is so, 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 so weird. I'm on live TV and these people have no idea what's going on. I was toying with them. If you really listen back to that interview, I was having fun. I was having the time of my life. I was playing with them in a good way. And that was the only time where I've really been able to get into that zone within the matrix and play the game within the matrix as a free being. Um, so it was interesting to, to, to experience that and observe that. But Pete, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. That, uh, you know, we're carrying a lot of power at the moment, those of us who are now in this space. And perhaps we don't even yet fully understand the depths of the power that we have, our words, our voices, what we're sharing on these platforms when we're speaking to people, the things that we're saying, because the things that we're saying are very supernatural. They're beyond this realm. They're beyond this time and space. So we are the Martians. We really are. We're, we're, not, we're not in this realm anymore. We're now operating within a completely different um, field of thought and field of emotion, of, um, of EQ, as Robin says. Um, you know, we're in a different space. So interesting that you, you've brought that up. I was going to jump in and say that, um, I, first of all, I agree 100% with what you guys are saying there uh, with the idea that, um, you know, part of what we're doing here is um, assisting a lot with that, you know, wake up. And I think, as you said, Martin, you know, you have the, the negatives and neutrals and the positives and, you know, our realm is the neutrals and, and the positives. I think, you know, like... It, sometimes if you concern yourself with, I, I can't get through to people, I can't get through this person, I can't get through this person, that kind of thing, they're probably, we're not the ones that, where our energy is best spent. So yeah, it definitely is um, sorted out like that. But one of the things that I've thought about when that's happened um, to me, um, Pete and Martin, is that what I've noticed is, yeah, you're talking to someone and like they start off not knowing a darn thing about what you're saying. You can tell because they're like, really? What? Huh? What's that about? And then it seems like they slowly start coming online. Right. It seems like they're like slowly starting to say, um, yeah, this and that and finishing your sentences kind of thing. And all of a sudden it seems like they're like really aware. So, um, having come back to some of these people being like some family members and friends and stuff like that, I was thinking, oh, you know, so you try to pick the conversation up from where you were. And I'm sure people listening to this can totally relate. So you try to pick the relation, the, the conversation up. And then they're like, either they do a couple of things, either like they don't remember it, or if they do remember it, they start shutting you down immediately. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I was talking to so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so said, blah, 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 blah. You know, they start that immediately shut you down or well, why do you always got to bring it up? We already had a conversation about it before. Why, why are we, why are we talking about this again? You know? So then I started thinking, huh, well, like what's that all about? So then I started thinking that it's just another trigger. Like it's another programming or hypnosis as we're talking about here, that's coming from the matrix, like through, you know, movies, through our t the TVs. I, I think that that whole idea of they live, you know, <laughs> it's like this hypnosis that's coming through the system onto people who are participating in those various um, functions of the system. 
And it's almost like the next level sophisticated programming. Okay, so the matrix is saying, okay, well, we'll shut all these uh, awakened people down who want to spread all of this that's counter to our program by getting people to start agreeing quickly so that it seems like they're online. And then when we start thinking, because think about it, when you think you're talking to a person that's aware, you stop telling them all the 101 stuff. You write, you skip beyond all that 101 and you just start talking about where you are now because your assumption is that, well, they're on this, they're, they're where I am or they're, they're pretty much caught up because they're acting, they're saying they're caught up. So it's a way of them not hearing the 101, which is what the matrix wants so that if they really truly aren't awakened, they won't have the information or the trigger words that help to awaken people um, as a function of it. So I kind of started seeing it you know, and I know when you brought up Pete, you were saying some of the people you don't get a chance to follow up with, but some of the people I've followed up with, I find that I get these responses that are not in line with the kind of conversations, let's say, we're having here in, on, in these vlogs. So I just want to throw that into it. Well, it, it makes me think about what we discussed last week and what I've been kind of, the model I've been suggesting may be apparent in this plane. And it's the idea of, like I said last week regarding the rise of the machines, you know, my interpretation of that and it, my thoughts regarding this are, are growing in strength because I'm starting to think that our human machines, you know, the, the operating system that kind of, you know, initially, I guess is spearheaded by your ego that they were initially, a, you know, purposeful, right? They were allowed, they allowed your consciousness to come in to experience this physicality to learn and you know to help assist you with the management and operation of this machine you had this underlying operating system but it seems as though as we've gotten a, a, you know further from that central source that central sun that those operating systems have grown in power and it there's almost like this antivirus if you will protection mechanism you know as for those of us that are starting to wake up where our, our conscious, our source energy, our higher self are starting to take control of this machine, we've regained our power. We are now trying to wake up others to let them know that, by the way, that, that personality, that identification that you think is the real you is actually the, the undercurrent operating system, the ego that has taken over this machine that you're supposed to be experiencing. And it's really, really interesting when you start to, to conceptualize it like that, because a lot of, you know, what we see again, you know, referencing technology with the, the antivirus and, and how, you know, things try to protect themselves or, you know, get systems back online. They, they seem to occur and become evident, you know, when you do communicate with others. Um, so the glitches we were just referring to, you know, the, the idea that you, you know, you try to plant a little seed of knowledge within someone and, you know, they walk away and, and then you get back to them and, oh, they've deleted that. It's like these, these you know, operating systems are, are trying to protect their own. They're trying to, you know, keep control over this, this realm. Um, but the reality of it is, that as we shift into this new age, as, as the energy, the awakening continues, you know, the real drivers of these or the intended drivers of these machines are, are growing in strength. Um, and so, yeah, that's just what it made me think of. Yeah, no, that's really well put. That's really, really well put. I mean, I, I think the next natural question, uh, which is something that, again, I've been discussing um, recently, is, is learning 
to manage that paradigm that we're talking about. You know, so I think uh, those of us who are beginning to, uh, who have begun this journey of taking control of our avatar and taking control of our paradigms, we're finding ourselves in this very weird space. I think this is what the ancient text talked about, you know, purgatory, you know, the, the, the waiting room before judgment day. I think this is it. We're, we're, in the, we're in that space of purgatory right now. And what's meant by that is we are awake, we are aware, and yet we are still stuck within the matrix program. And it's a very strange place to be because you've got to really learn how to manage your space, your time, your energy within it. Now, there are, I think there are, there are different ways that people are dealing with it. And of course, there are different stages of this awakening. For some people, it's to run away, it's to completely go, do you know what? I need to get away from it. I need to, I won't say run away, but they, they remove themselves from the matrix, which is, I think, similar to what I've done. You know, I've gone, do you know what? I cannot manage my new status of being um, within the matrix structure. I personally cannot do that. It's not something I'm strong enough to do, whatever reasons. I might not be strong enough emotionally, energetically, whatever, to manage that. So I need to remove myself from the matrix. So that's one way people, people deal with it. You know, I left my house, I stopped, I left uh, matrix things, and I put myself into a space where I can protect my energy and this new space that I'm in. Um, for some people, it's not that easy. For some people, uh, for whatever reasons, they cannot just do that. They cannot just drop everything. Obviously, depending on where you are, for me, it was easy because I had less to lose. Um, you know, there wasn't much for me to lose when I, when I dropped. It's not like I was earning, you know, loads of money. It's not like I was in a space where I was very influential at the time. So it was easy for me to drop the matrix programs and start afresh, delete and begin again, reboot the computer. So, but there are, there are many of you out there who can't do that, who can't just delete and start again, because there's a lot more at stake, if that makes sense. And perhaps you're in a position that is, well, you need to be in that position. Some of you might be in positions where, for whatever reasons, the universe has put you in a position where you need to be there um, um, at that space and time. So this is the hardest, I think, because you've got to learn to manage that space. You've got to learn to manage how to deal with that energy. And what a lot of people are doing is, instead of um, taking control of that situation, what we end up doing is we end up trying to fight the situation. There's resistance. We push and we pull because we want to change things. We're like, I need to change it. You know, this is, I see what's happening. I can't quite leave this paradigm just yet. Although I have mentally and spiritually, physically, I cannot remove myself from that paradigm just yet. So I need to find a way to deal with it. So the initial response always, obviously, is to fight it, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind. I'm going to change people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that. And there's this resistive force that we put into it. Um, and I think um, it, it's part of the stage of awakening. But I think the trick there, for those listening that might find this useful, the trick there is to learn to manage the situation. Is to learn, remember, it's all just a game at the end of the day. So we've got to learn to manage um, manage that space and say and accept it's about acceptance and letting go 
Uh, me and Robin spoke about this earlier on where she was saying, you know, get into space where you're breathing, let go, let go, let go. And I've been thinking about this and I think it's both. It's acceptance and letting go. You know, you breathe in, which is acceptance and you breathe out, I'm letting go. Acceptance, letting go. Acceptance, letting go. And that acceptance and letting go is accepting that this paradigm is what it is. You're in that space and that space is what it is. You are not going to change it overnight. In fact, you might not even change it even if you had 100 years because those people are under that trance or that hypnosis. It's not a switch you can flick and all of a sudden they'll wake up and everyone will go, oh, I see, okay, yeah. You know, like we said, positive, neutrals, negatives. There are some that are just not meant to wake up. There are some that are just meant to be neutral. And there are some of us that are meant to be awakening now. It's all about knowing thyself and learning to manage that. So if you're a positive and you find yourself right in the epicenter of a negative paradigm or a neutral paradigm, um, like I said, there are two things to do. You either remove yourself from the paradigm if you cannot deal with that, with that energy within, within that space and find your soul tribe and be with people who are within your energy and you will find peace and happiness within there. Or you take ownership of that situation and say, do you know what? I'm here. I'm going to enjoy this game. I'm going to play this game. I'm going to enjoy it. And not abuse it or use your power because remember, you're a powerful being now. There's a lot of, you know, great knowledge comes great responsibility. It's now about being smart, not working hard, but working smart and saying, right, how do I manage this? Again, the only example I can give, uh, which was my only um, 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 scenario where I was in that situation, again, was when I did that thing on ITV. I found myself in a space where I was with all these beings who are in that negative and neutral state. Now, if I had gone in there and started speaking super consciously, I would have lost everyone. And in fact, I would have, you know, I would have come across as completely, utterly bonkers. And they would have loved it. The Matrix would have won that battle if you want to call it a battle. But what I managed to do was I managed to manage that situation. I said, all right, okay, I'm in this space. What I need to do is I need to, I need to almost cloak myself, right? I can't be the Martin Kenny that I really am within this situation because I will lose everyone in translation. And it's not being fake. It's not pretending. It's just managing that situation, managing the energy there. So I had to change the way I speak. I had to change my mannerisms but I was self-aware that I'm acting. I, I changed, I went into character, into the character of my straw man, right? But inside, I knew this is all BS. I'm talking about this. It's really not relevant. It's really pointless, but I was just playing along with that script. And the reason why I was doing that is I was planting seeds, right? I know this is the only way I can plant seeds here. I cannot plant seeds if I start talking about spiritual concepts on national TV where we're supposed to be debating whether we went to the moon or not. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't care whether we went to the moon or not. I really don't care. It's not, it's not relevant. There's much, much, much bigger things. Uh, we're, we're in a space way beyond that. But at that time, I had to put myself in that space. So what I'm trying to say is, if, if those of you who are still working within the matrix, you've got jobs that you go to, you've got family members that are not quite where you are and you have to deal with them and you have to be in that space, Instead of you getting depressed and being put down by that, what you've got to learn to do now is learn to manage that space and enjoy managing that space. Getting to character, 
enjoy the game. It is a game. Enjoy the game. This game can either be a prison, it can be a school, or it can be, um, yeah, it can be a prison or a school, or it can be a playing field. You choose what you want this place to be by how or what character you choose or how you, man how you choose to manage um, um, your role within this space and time. I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, I mean, I think that was perfect, Martin. I mean, this is something I share a lot when I have conversations with people regarding these topics. It's, it's resistance, right? Because we all talk about everything being reflection. And the more resistance and tension that you build up within yourself, you know, regarding the circumstance that you find yourself in, the more it's going to be reflected back at you. And you, it might, you know, come at you in, in varying ways so that you might not perceive it right away. But that's, it's incredibly important what you just touched on you know, finding that, that calming presence within yourself, you know, to then, you know, to your point, accept um, and let go to, to use meditation. You know, that's why meditation is so helpful, right? You know, we talked about getting into that many state, you know, finding that, that uh, ability to, to calm and focus your thoughts, because as, as you, you know, find yourself reaching that, I guess, stage uh, of consciousness, it, it will start being reflected back to you. You'll start to have, you know, better encounters with people. You'll start to see a little, a little bit less tension showing up in your life. And, and the more and more you practice that, the more obvious it will become. And so I just kind of echoing what you said. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and I think what happens once we change that state as well, um, for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it, uh, you begin to glow. You start glowing. You start. Uh, uh, you start influencing that paradigm. Your power shows not through your words anymore. It now shows through your actions. This is why they say actions are louder than words. How are you acting, right? How how are people perceiving your actions? Much 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 more powerful than what you're saying. So a lot of us are working really hard with our words. You know, I need to say this and I need to speak this and I need to, if I say this, maybe people will understand where I'm coming from. If I, when really it's more about how are you acting, your actions. And when you start acting in a certain way and getting into a certain character for certain situations, what happens is you start to shine. You know, your star starts to come out. You're in your element, right? You start to shine. And at that point, this is when people really question and say, there's something about you. There's something unique. And I'm sure a lot of you might have had this already. You know, I get that quite a lot where people say, there's something about you, Martin. There's, I can't put my, people who, who might not even know me uh, know that I'm into, into all of this or that I'm, 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 I'm where I'm at. And they might've just met me and they'll say, there's something about you. You've got a glow about you, you know? And that glow is not to say, I think that glow is what we're talking about. There's, there's, there's this element where you are at peace, you are calm, you are, you are setting, you are doing things by example. You don't have to say anything, but people will just see that this person is in a different state. This person is in a different space and they become curious. Your light is shining. It starts to rub off on them and they start wanting to glow and wanting to be around you and wanting to be within your space because they want a little bit of that light. 
And, uh, and this is what they, you know, I think this is what the Bible was alluding to when they were saying, you know, Jesus was the light of the world. You know, you went around and people followed him in, in crowds. I think this is the same concept. This is what they were trying to teach, um, that once you get into that state, Buddha was the same. All the enlightened masters appear to have been painted in that, in that, in that same, in that, with that same brush. And I think this is what that is. It's that glow where your actions, what you're doing, people see it and go, wow, okay, there's something there. And I want a little bit of that something. I don't understand what it is yet, but I want to be around it. And I think that is way more powerful than trying to wake people up. Because by doing that, you are simply raising the vibration or at the very least, you are helping people to be within the bracket that they are meant to be in. For instance, there are a lot of neutral people who are, who are meant to be neutrals within this time and space. But they're finding themselves in a negative state of being because of what's happening in the world. They're picking up all this uh, negative hypnosis and they're becoming negatives when in natural fact, their original true nature is of a neutral nature. And when they're around you, they feel at calm. They feel at peace. They are neutralized, right? They're neutralized within your space. So it's not about waking them up. It's about helping them to align their energy to where they are meant to be. You are raising their vibration to where they are meant to be. It's not about raising them to the vibration of where you are or where you want them to be. It's about helping others to raise to where they are meant to be. And likewise, the negatives will run a mile. They will see you shine and they will not be able to be around you. Now, I've noticed people, you know, within the flat earth community particularly, because those are the only crowds that, you know, are, I, I sometimes frequent with. There are people within the flat earth community who literally, and I'm not joking, cannot be near me. They cannot be near me. Literally, they see me coming and they run. They run a mile. I've never spoken to them. I've never, and, and it, it's really strange to see. And it's so, so palpable. And that's because I know why. It's because they're negatives. You know, and my light is, is too bright. They cannot be around me. So I, I, I see that and I smirk and I smile to myself and I recognize it. And of course, I can see they're negatives because they're alcoholics. Uh, they, they, they smoke cigarettes like no man's business. They eat all this meat. You can literally see this person is definitely a negative. There's nothing neutral or positive about this person. And this is why they can't be around me. They cannot. They can't even confront me or have a conversation with me. So it's interesting to see that. And likewise, there are some people who are meant to be positives. You know, we've got to be wise and we've, we've got to get to a stage where we are recognizing, uh, real recognizes real, where you recognize, okay, this person is probably a positive. And you'll know as you're speaking to them, as you're around them, you just feel this energy, but maybe they're stuck in a neutral zone. Again, because they're picking up the wrong frequencies. And when they're around you, they start to glow. All of a sudden, they come out of that neutral zone or even negative zone and they become positive. And they say, when I'm around you, I feel good. I feel energized. I feel different. You know, when we have conversations, I feel energized. I feel alive. You know, so I want to be around you. It's because you're lifting them into where they're meant to be, the space they are meant to be in, right? They are positives. When they're around you, you are lighting their fire. You are putting them into that state. And maybe because they've not yet learned how to manage their own fire, their own light. So that is like a, a school, if you like. You're teaching them. You're, big, you're the teacher that's teaching them to hone their light, 
and to manage their own star, their own light within. So I really wanted to clarify that. Um, it's interesting that we're talking about this because it's something that I wanted to talk about, but I've never had the opportunity to bring it up in this light. So anyway, Robin, did you want to add on or say something or Pete? Um, hey, Martin. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Just sitting here listening to this. This is, this is good. I was, and I found myself um, thinking about conversations that we've had. And so um, I, was, I wanted to insert, insert a question into, the, into our dialogue here. And um, I know that you and I have sort of flushed this business out a bit, but obviously um, Pete as well, I'm sure, you know, um, has done a lot of thinking about this as well. But the question is, so Martin, exactly, how do people become hypnotized in this matrix? You know, I'm sure people who are listening to this are starting to think, okay, cool. Well, how does that happen? And let me just double check, you know, how I can keep on being in the vibration where I'm checking with myself to make, you know, to see where I may be hypnotized. I think we all are at a point as we begin to wake up, it's less and less, but let's just maybe talk about what the paradigms are around um, hypnosis in this matrix. Yeah, that's a good point. Really, really good point, uh, Robin. It's a nice natural progression into that as well. Um, you are absolutely right. Um, I think um, the obvious one is things that you've pointed out. Um, you know, television, um, you know, uh, 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 even, even books, educational, um, inst or all institutions, whether it's your workplace, whether it's, uh, it's um, you know, football, if you're into sports, whether it's sports stadiums, whether it's church, all these programs are there, are inserted to, to keep people into a state of hypnosis. And this is all that's happened within this matrix. This is why we all find ourselves in this space. All these things have been put there to keep us hypnotized. Now, I think, of course, because this is a stage where we're all acting out these different roles. We're all spirits. We're all spirits having a physical existence. And as such, we're all here to experience, right? We learn, we experience, we share, we grow, we move on. And of course, there are different levels like we've, we've We've, we've talked about in previous shows. I won't get into that today. We've already explored that. Um, so naturally, we're all at different stages at different levels. Now, I think the natural order of things is um, we all have to know thyself. We all have to know where we are within that space. The matrix, however, um, and certain beings within the matrix have cottoned onto this. And this is how they keep control over the masses by inserting these programs. Again, like Robin, you pointed out, through these institutions. Um, they put these programs in, and the whole idea is to keep the positives in either a neutral zone or a positive or a negative zone, to keep the neutrals definitely in a negative zone, and to keep the negatives in a negative zone. In other words, keep the vibration low. Keep the frequency within this realm low. And that's how they do it. So we talk about memory wipes, we talk about hypnosis, we talk about an overlay, we talk about cloaking. All of it is just basically done through programs, cultural programs, religious programs, social programs, educational programs, dietary programs, food. You know, there's so many layers of it. There are mind programs, there are spiritual programs, and there are physical programs, right? So the biggest physical program is food, obviously. You know, if we um, insert certain things into the food, 
We can change the DNA code of a human being. That way we're influencing that being that way. We're hypnotizing the avatar of that being through the food. We are rewriting their genetic code. So their bodies are hypnotized. They are craving poison and people are poisoning themselves and they crave it. I'm craving a Coca-Cola. I need to drink Coca-Cola right now. I'm craving it. You hear people say that. I'm craving meat. I'm craving blood, chicken. I need a raw, I need a rare steak, blood. It's a program. You don't need it. Your star, your spirit does not need that. Obviously, your body does, right? Because your body has been programmed. It's been rewritten. It's coded to want those things. They're spiritual programs. The biggest one being religion. Religions are the biggest spiritual programs. You know, your, your spirit is, uh, is given a false light. Once again, religion is cloaked as truth. Our spirits recognize some truth. You know, when you become a Christian, a lot of Christians, Christianity is not evil. It's not bad, you know, uh, in its core sense. And there's a reason why it's presented the way it's presented. It's very confusing. Like you were saying, when you get into churches, you get all these mixed emotions. They're talking about love, but they're also talking about self-hate. And they keep you in this state of back and forth, back and forth, right? So they, that is a spiritual program that is inserted there to keep you off balance from where you should be, either positive or, or neutral. They want you either in a neutral if you're positive or in a, a negative if you're neutral. And then, of course, you've got the mind programs, which are education and, uh, you know, your family, culture, all these things. But education is definitely the big one. Right? How do we influence the mind? Oh, education and TV, television. Television and um, school, education. That's how we're going to um, hypnotize the mind. So there are so many layers within this matrix that are being used to hypnotize people. It's not just one thing. It's many, 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 many things. So that's how I would summarize that. And I was going to jump in just to add in um, real quick is that to everything you said, 100%, and then to, to harken back to our conversation last week, I think that sexuality or sex, the word sex, not um, lovemaking or intimacy in terms of um, the beautiful aspects of it, but that sex is used to numb the body. And if, if we can keep the body, the avatar numb, and then... Um, through the root chakra and the sacral chakra, right? Then we keep, we numb the mind, you know, we're numbing the spirit, you know, let's just keep everything numb. And as you were talking, I was thinking about um, something that I remember when my kids were coming up um, and they were coming into their sexuality, you know, they're in junior high school and all this sort of stuff. And we're in the church at that point. And, I remember my daughter coming to me and saying, I homeschooled my kids, but when they were in church and stuff like that, these girls were wearing these bracelets. And, and so she was saying, was well, so my daughter was saying, you know, mom, when they wear those bracelets, if it's such and such color, I think it was black or something like that. It means that that girl is open to oral sex. So in the, in the school system and, you know, in high school and junior high school, that was a signal was being sent. Now, these are young girls that were raised in a church and raised that, okay, you're not supposed to have sex before, you know, marriage and all that. And I think that that's another paradigm trap, but we'll stay away from that for the moment. So that some kind of way, the Matrix had programmed all these young girls to think that if you have oral sex, in fact, you are not having sex because it's not penetration of the, of the vaginal canal. So 
Now, just look how that just numbs the body because now you're not having any kind of connection to the sacral chakra, the root chakra, the heart chakra, none of these chakras, none of these portals, these vortexes of our avatar get to connect us properly, you know, to um, the greater aspect of, of love and peace and joy and harmony. So let's start numbing the body down at an early age to sexuality um, and to have this sort of detached relationship to, but I'm not having sex, you know? So I don't want to throw that in there because um, I think that that is a big way that the avatar is numbed um, and there is uh, a giving away of the soul um, in that process. Yeah, um, I think it's great that you brought that up because I talked about all those programs before, you know, education programs, the mind programs, the body program, the spiritual programs. There is one program that out trumps all programs. There's one program that is encompassing of all those programs, and that is sexual energy. That, that energy, uh, if you can program sexual energy, sexual energy is the most powerful energy um, within this paradigm, certainly. It, it outtrumps everything. You control sexual energy, you can control the mind, you can control the body, and you can control the spirit in one failed scoop, in one go. One go. This is not even debatable. This is quite obvious. When we're in that mode of sexual energy, we experience all emotions. We experience all energies. We experience guilt. We experience pleasure. We can experience hate. We can experience love. We can experience every emotion under the sun through sexual energy. It's the most powerful energy. We, we all know this. This is why, like you guys said last week, which is why I was so happy you touched on this last week, which is why sexual energy is so, so well promoted and pushed within the matrix. Because these beings that know this obviously know that even those of us who are awakening, right? Those of us who are positives, even if you break all the other mind programs, you know, you break the religious programming, you break the uh, education programming, uh, you break the food programming, you know, we might still be able to keep you with that sexual energy programming, right? We might be able to, because it's so, so powerful. So, Yes, you're absolutely right. And I think this is something that we really need to um, explore and talk about. Um, I think it's really important. Pete, do you want to say something before I carry on? Yeah, this, I mean, just all had me thinking about what we discussed last week. Um, it's, it's all very interesting. To me, it, I go back to this idea of, you know, what we're looking at right now with VR. The, you know, creating these games and, and having people have these immersive experiences and the natural progression of that, we're going to hit a threshold where people are going to want more and more. Like how can we create new experiences? How can we, you know, write new programs or, or you know, extend these experiences? Um, Cause we always want something new, want to keep expanding you know, what we're capable of. And to me, it's again, going back to what, this idea that we're already there. We've already, we've already created all, all of these things and that that's exactly what we're doing now that we've created such an advanced, you know, kind of piece of software 
that is writing the, the game on a daily basis based upon what we imagine, our visions for ourselves. Like I said last week, you know, we, we project those visions forward. They get calculated based upon the most likely uh, probability of potentiality. They get reflected back as you know, our pre-sent you know, for us to experience. And we're constantly experiencing the games that we're co-writing, we're co-creating. And to me, going back to, to what we were just discussing, that you know, the positives, neutrals, negatives, what if those are almost like game levels? Like you enter this initially at the neutral level. But if you succumb and allow the operating system of your human machine, that ego drive to lower so that you're devolving, you know, that idea of the devil, you're devolving, you based upon where you exit this incarnation, where you pass on to that next one, you're going to start at that same frequency level. That, that, you know, that, that karma is going to, you know, kind of, be that new starting point. And if you continue to make those choices, ego drive, you're going to descend to such a, a level to where, you know, the people we're referring to right now that are the, these perceived negatives that they, they're, you know, they don't understand anything that we're communicating to them. They don't want any part of it. They become such, you know, controlled at such a, a high level by this human machine, by this ego that they don't want anything to do with anything you're, 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 you know, you're bringing up to them. However, there are those that are still at that neutral point to where, you know, they're kind of teetering on the ability to communicate to their higher self. They do have that inner voice that, that, you know, inspires them every once in a while. And then, you know, the people that we're surrounding ourselves with now are progressing and ascending higher and higher to where they're, they're starting to figure out there's much more to this all and they're becoming much more connected to their higher selves to where, you know, the point you made earlier, uh, Martin, that they're becoming active players in this game. And they're starting to realize, like, wait a minute. Like, we can actually influence the plot lines, you know, the, the environment. And it's going to take us, you know, more and more people, you know, starting to wake up to this. And this is where, I mean, I refer to those algorithms, to that, that overarching operating system, which is the quote-unquote matrix. And then the smaller applications, those algorithms that just are doing those computations. You know, this is why mathematics is so important. I think if there's, you know, three areas of study that people should focus on that really want to understand all of this, it's, you know, quantum mechanics, you know, mathematics, and even and, uh, photography. I think light has a lot to do with this as well. I mean, we've, re we've referenced light often, um, but it, it just... All of this, you know, everything we keep discussing, it keeps, you know, echoing and going back to, to this, this game, the game structure. I think that's where a lot of our attention, you know, should be into, you know, understanding all of this. I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm kind of going on a tangent. I feel like I'm confusing things, but yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, um, I totally agree with you. It's interesting that uh, that you you uh, you brought up the, the the different how we enter with the different uh, levels of perception and how the matrix then influences um, um, how we how we progress within that. But um, um, I think I think the most important thing I think amongst all of this. Uh, you know, what, while we're discussing, the most important thing is, is control. I, I, keep, I keep coming back to this, is being able to control and, uh, and manage ourselves. 
think is really, really important. Um, if people can grasp that idea of managing their matrix, managing their paradigm, managing their programs, and and uh, and understanding or understanding them, then um, you know it becomes a lot, lot easier and a lot, lot more enjoyable um, to see through um, this space that we're going through. You know, so it's it's just a matter of of, of seeing through the space in time. It's also interesting that you mentioned mathematics as uh, being really, really important, you know, and it is, it is. And I think a lot of people assume when they hear that, they assume mathematics is just numbers. There's a reason why they give us mathematics as calculus, algebra, and all these different forms. Mathematics is just calculations, being able to make calculations. Now, I'm not a mathematician by any stretch of the imagination, you know, numbers and maths, um, I'm nowhere near where you are, um, Pete. For instance, you have a deeper understanding of, of, the, um, of, of how it's all weaved within the matrix. Um, what I'm able to do is, for me, it's mind. You know, it's all, you know my, my mind is, uh, I'm very good at calculating situations within my mind, what we call downloads, connecting dots. You know, so without knowing it, as you said that, it hit me that actually I am a mathematician just not in the conventional way that I thought a mathematician was. When I see something and I'm connecting dots, I might be connecting dots with words, it's still mathematics, right? Because I'm putting things into place. I'm trying to understand things. Something else I've been working on is, is reading minds or reading situations, which is something I think a lot of us were in this state, I think you, are, you naturally become that way. You, many of you will resonate with the idea of being able to read people's minds you know what someone is going to say before they say it. You're having a conversation, you're talking about something, and you know, okay, you're going to say this or you're going to behave in this way. And you almost preempt the conversation. You almost preempt the situation. And I think the more you practice that, the better you become at that. You almost start rewriting or recoding reality. Now, I do this a lot. I do it even with my family. I do it with my wife. Before I have a conversation with her, I have that conversation. I calculate the conversation in my head, right? How am I going to speak to Gabby about this? What am I going to say? And then I literally have the conversation with her. I'm answering for her in my, in my mind. And that way I'm calculating uh, the probability of how she might respond to this with me knowing what her character is like, with me knowing where she's at spiritually, mentally, physically, et cetera, et cetera. And I kid you not, lo and behold, it almost always goes exactly the way I thought it was going to go. You know, and the more I do it, the better I'm becoming at it. To the point where I now have a conversation with her. And sometimes, uh, not anymore, but in the past, you know, I used to do it subconsciously, actually, uh, without even thinking about it. In the past, for instance, we'd be planning something and I'd plan it in my head first. And then by the time it came to having a conversation with Gabby, because she's my spouse, we've got to talk through things. In my head, I've already come to a conclusion because I've planned all probabilities. And I've also planned probabilities from Gabby's perspective because I know, I know her, if that makes sense. And what happens is sometimes I'd get impatient and I would end up answering before she answers. So she'd say, what about, I would say, no, no, I've already thought about that, 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 that. She'll say, I didn't even finish. How did you know I was going to say that? I said, I know. And she'll say, oh, what about the, and I'll say, oh, you mean the car? And the da, 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 da. I know. 
I've already thought about that. We'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. Then she'll go, well, it seems like you've, you've got it. There's no point in having the conversation. You've figured it all out. And I feel guilty for that, but, but I can't help doing that because I'm in that state where I'm practicing that art of calculating um, probabilities of reality. You know, again, once again, I did exactly that when I went on ITV, when I did the show, um, when I did that debate with the astrophysicist. I had the debate in my head before I was on that show. I knew if I say this, the presenter is likely to come back in this. The moment I speak about this, they're going to try and cut me off. So what I need to do at that point, I need to be prepared to stop them from cutting me off. But I can't be aggressive about it. I've got to do it this way. So I, I literally planned that whole plot within my head before it happened. So by the time I was playing out that scenario, that scene, I was already playing out a scene I had already scripted and plotted within my mind. I had preempted that reality. I think a lot of you will resonate with what I'm saying. Um, and that is something, going back to what I was saying earlier on about taking control of the situation, that is a good way of taking control of the situation and, um, and uh, yeah, and, and basically taking control. But I think going back to what Robin was saying about, about um, particularly um, sexual energy, you know, that is, a, that is a very, very strong one because as we all know, we are made up of plasma. Everything in the universe is plasma. Within this field of reality that we're in right now, the most potent and powerful plasma is, is creative energy, is creative plasma in the form of what? In the form of semen, right? Semen creates life, literally creates life together with all the other fluids that are um, um, within the, uh, the female um, um, avatar. So these fluids that are associated with um, sexual energy, sorry, who's that? Someone's not muted. Okay. So these energies, these fluids that are associated with um, sexual energy are the conduit between the spiritual and the physical world. Um, again, you guys touched on this last week where you were saying, you know, when people are having sexual intercourse, there's an exchange of energy, you know, when someone releases energy, what we call coming, if you like, for lack of a better term, uh, when you have an orgasm, um, you know, there's, there's this electric energy that comes with it. There's this emotional release that comes with it. There's this flood of emotions that come with it. Um, depending on where you are within the space, there's either guilt or there's deep love or there's, there's all these things. And that's because you've, you've released this creative energy out into the universe and you've exchanged that creative energy with another being. Now, if you're doing it in an abusive way, obviously you're creating, that's black magic. It's literally black magic. That's what you're doing. I'm not saying this to, to scare people. I'm not saying this to be negative. What I'm saying is, if you're in a neutral zone or if you're in a negative zone, it doesn't matter anyway. These negative people, they want to be spreading dark magic, which is why they push pornography, which is why they push all this negative sexual energy, even in churches, even in institutions, even in schools now. They're teaching children as young as four about anal sex and all these things. I mean, it's bizarre. But this is, this is the reason why. This is the reason why. So... Those of us who are now becoming self-aware, who are now in this space where we're becoming powerful beings, where we're manifesting things in real time, where we're now teetering 
on the borderline, you know, fringes of magic. And I'm talking about real magic. Again, I'm going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about manifestation and, uh, and uh, how magic is working within my own paradigm, how I'm now seeing literally magic happening in real time. And I'm creating magic physically now in a way that I never thought was possible. Now, I knew it was possible, but I never thought I'd be able to do it as easily and as quickly as it's happening. But we'll talk about that next week. Um, but to keep on track, those of us who are now within this space where we're, we're becoming magicians, mentally, physically, spiritually, we've really got to protect that energy. Because if we, we are now in the position where as, as much as you can create positive energy, white magic, you can also create black magic that is instant. And if you're swayed, particularly with very powerful magic like sexual magic, you can really, really do a lot of harm and a lot of damage, not just to other people, but to yourself as well. So we've got a big, big responsibility, those of us within the spiritual community. And I'm going to put an asterisk and say, particularly the men within men. Um, you know, men, obviously, that sexual energy is extremely, extremely powerful. And if we're not careful and we don't protect ourselves from that energy, we could create um, torment and turmoil within our lives by abusing that paradigm. Now, what I'm saying is I'm not saying we should stop um, um, intercourse. We should stop having sex. We should stop um, enjoying the emotions that come with all of that. What I am saying is we need to be a bit more mindful about how we are exchanging, how we are releasing, and how we are introducing these energies within our, within our paradigms, within our lives. We've got to be mindful of what kind of sexual energies are around us, um, particularly. And we've got to try and manage those situations as best as we can. I know it's not as it's, it's easier said than done. Um, a lot of you men listening to this will resonate, and some men, women, particularly the men, you will resonate with what I'm saying, um, and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, so I just wanted to put that out there. I was going to jump in, Martin, on a couple of things there, because um, <clears throat> being the resident female in the house, I, first of all, I could not uh, agree with you more, 100% on everything that you said. And I also kind of want to bring in that the female aspect of it for the women who are following this and, and are listening to this, because it's, it's definitely dynamic. Mm -hmm.